Hello everyone. Hi, phenomenal women. I'm so excited to have you join us this week once again on our Wednesday episode of the Phenomenal Woman podcast. I know you're excited about last week's episode. It was such a blast. Gosh, I couldn't get over it. And today we have with us another phenomenal guest. I can't wait to have her join us on the conversation. Uh, but before I invite her to join in on the conversation, I'm just going to do a brief introduction so you have a clue who our guest is. Our guest is Sandra Ada. Sandra Ada is a premium fitness coach and wellness consultant. She heard Sainda, a registered Buddhist wellness brand, focused on helping people get proactive with their health. And Sandra does regular radio shows where she teaches fitness and wellness and gives tips on how people could stay fit and healthy. She gives fitness and wellness tips to over 3,000 people on her Facebook page. I think you should check that out at the end of the episode. I'm going to put out the handle though, but then her Facebook page, um, the handle of her Facebook page is Sandy Says. Um, I'm still going to put that out for you. She's a health columnist for numerous magazines and the recipient of Campus TV Nigeria Award in the fitness category. She's also a nominee for the Superwoman 30 on the 30 awards okay i hope i got that right superwoman on the 30 awards and um that was for the wellness category her facebook handle is sandy says her twitter handle is saying that and of course you can find her on instagram at saying that also i can't wait to have her join us here so guys let's go let's have sandra join us hello sandra hello hi welcome to the phenomenal woman podcast I appreciate you. I appreciate I'm you. So, I'm so excited. excited to have you here. <laughs> me too. Me too. And the fact that we're all talking to women, it's I just have this particular excitement, like right. kindred spirits, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for honoring the invitation. We are so glad to have you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. So, um, Sandra, can you tell us what you do and how it can benefit women? Okay. What I do, I I basically help people, teach people yeah. um, to be proactive about their health. Um, not particularly women, but I love talking to women because I, I, I think I understand them better. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't really have, um, it's, it's for both genders. Everybody wants to live long, have a good life and live healthy. So, yeah, yeah. but um, you, I'm, a, I'm a woman, so I, I feel you guys better. So <laughs> that's yeah. why I jumped on this opportunity to talk about it. I feel there's there are a lot of gaps in the conventional medical world and I just decided to fill in those gaps. There are a lot of things your doctor should tell you that they, they either don't know or they don't have the time to tell you. Okay. So I'm just here filling all those gaps so that um, your whole your whole life just comes out a lot better. You can be sure to live long and have a very good life at the end of the day. Wow, that's so amazing. Coupled with the facts that you host radio shows, you know, where you give out um, tips, you know, on how people can stay healthy and fit, especially in this time when so many persons is just careless with their health, you know. Uh, it's getting a lot more difficult. So I, I, I 
perceive that it's getting to the point where the doctors cannot handle all the information dissemination any longer. Mm-hmm. People need to get more knowledgeable so that they can help themselves. The, 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 the less times you go to the hospital, the less number of times you go to the hospital, the better. Um, so that wow. you don't... It, yeah, of course, of course. It's even cheaper not to go to the hospital so many times. Yeah. Um, in Africa, yeah. the, 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 so, the, the number of doctors by ratio compared to patients is mm-hmm. so small. And many of them are already going abroad looking for better working conditions. So mm-hmm. it's getting worse by time. People need to get more knowledgeable. That's why I'm here. Yeah, gosh, we're so blessed to have you in our lives, right? <laughs> okay, so... um. Is that straight up to the questions? Like, I have so many questions for you, right? So, um, first question I'm going to ask you is, is there a special exercise? Or because um, I'm asking this question because I know a lot of persons tend to suffer with menstrual pain, right? And um, I read something about the effects of taking drugs um, to ease menstrual pain. So, um, persons, yeah? Painkillers, yeah. Yeah, painkillers. So most persons say it's not so healthy, like it has side effects, right? So um, is there a special kind of exercise or are there special kind of food we could eat to ease menstrual pain instead of having to take painkillers? Uh, menstrual pain, I understand that one very well. <laughs> yeah, I, when I was a teenager, it was it was a pain. It was a pain, personally speaking. Um, but my focus now in in this matter is not necessarily exercise, but um, general well-being. I found out that um, when you take care of yourself better on the other days of the month. Um, you, you manage your stress, you eat well. That one is very, very important. There are key nutrients you need that um, if you don't have enough of, um, it's going to it sort of enhance the pain when your period finally comes around. In short, um, your, your, the pre-period days might even be difficult. So um, foods rich in magnesium tend to ease the pain when um, the period comes around. So if you're eating foods rich in magnesium during your period, if you're making sure you have enough omega-3 fats in your food, either you get good fats from your food or many people go for supplementation. So you find a good omega-3 supplement and take during your period. These things are going to ease the way your body, your brain perceives the pain. So um, for exercise, um, most ladies just want to stay, just rest, stay as immobile as possible during that period. So um, uh, I don't know about prescribing exercise. Um, I would say stretching is what I would recommend because you really don't have energy to do anything more intense than that. But still, just lying down um, um, throughout is not so good. You still need blood flow. So I would say gentle stretching while you eat properly during this period. Um, um, Also, I I found out about essential oils. um, My I think I was about 1920 when I found that out. I found out that a specific blend of essential oils could ease the pain. Mm, So 
massaging my lower belly with essential oils using hot water therapy and all that really helped so it's 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 just a couple of things that you you just do in the wellness arena to ease your pain when the period actually comes around and then with time you find out that oh the pain is not as much as it used to be with time it's a phase up wow that's awesome so um can you are there what you you mentioned we should eat foods rich in magnesium what can can you mention some for us yeah green anything green and leafy like vegetables they are really good magnesium sources okay um, yeah so if you are eating salads mostly as as much green stuff as you can find um in our in our nigerian um, context you have the ugu and the water leaf all those green things are are really good sources of magnesium and they come along with calcium that's nature's um, wisdom because magnesium helps the absorption of calcium and they are contained in the same food so um eating anything that's green you, you definitely are going to cut down sugar because mm-hmm. it's um, uh, yes it enhances the pain in a lot of ladies because it increases inflammation so you have to cut down sugar and really go healthy during your period if you eat junk food in your during your period you're going to increase the pain definitely that one is sure many ladies just know that instinctively wow. <laughs> yeah so, oh, your so many ladies are so guilty of that right like there's this, there's this craving to eat junk food when you're on <laughs> and then you don't make things worse so yeah. that, that's you have to take care of yourself really really you have to take care of yourself okay yeah and i think i can attest to that um hot water massage you know i think um when there, there was a time when i usually uh, experienced menstrual pain and that really helped yeah all right thank you sandra so um moving on there's this video i watched on youtube one time right so i was actually working on enhancing my um body part that is my hip specifically and so there's this particular video i watched where the um trainer she said um sit-up doesn't necessarily work for everyone right that most persons just don't have that um, capacity to enhance to make their hip broader because the bone is inside something like that i didn't really get it but she just said it doesn't really really work for everyone because not everybody has the capacity to enhance their hip is that true uh yes i would agree with her but i would like to explain um, better yeah so like two questions in one I personally, my professional opinion, I do not recommend sit-ups to anyone, whether you're trying to um, reduce your abs or for whatever reason, because in the long run, your lower back will start having issues. People that have um, back pain, they understand what I mean. So um, the natural Mm -hmm. C curvature on your lower back, it's it's what by God for a proper transfer of weight from your upper body to your lower body. So the whole sit-up movement just keeps going against that natural C curvature and with time your spine could have problems. So I always recommend no to sit-ups because um, sit-ups are not even as effective when it comes to building abs. There are other way more effective exercises. So for something that's not so effective and then it's bad for your back, I would say it's a no-no for me. So that's on one end. And then mm-hmm. for for the the thing about the hip enlargement thing, it's true. Um, your hips, is, is the width of your hips, is a function of the bone structure. 
and your bone structure is genetic and it can't change so to speak you can add up fat around the, the tissue around the hip but the hip structure itself will not change so um it just leads me to the other talk about accepting your body because i feel that accepting what you the way you are made is very important because there's so much you can change though with um diet and exercise except you want to go under the knife so i would say um accepting your body to an extent is very important yes you can modify your body with exercise but there is an extent after that it's <laughs> you can't do so much about that so that's what i was wow wow i think i love the fact that you mentioned accepting your body because there's this whole trend of you know being curvy and you know it makes a lot of ladies feel like if you're not um curvy then you're just missing out or stuff you know yeah it's it's not true um i have a problem with societal ideals because mm-hmm. they don't ever stay stable that's the issue so what is what is um sexy and feminine in one generation will not be the same if you see the ladies that they tag as beautiful in the 60s you'll be shocked they were actually um fatter actually yeah. yeah and i think all into you must have on the internet and all that and you must have extends to really look muscular which is not feminine at all so i try to explain to ladies that um it is not lifting weights that make these ladies look like this don't be scared of lifting weights the issue is that they are taking male synthetic hormones as supplements so that they can look that way it's not natural so when guys are taking steroids in the gym they too take steroids and it it, it gives them a lot of side effects their periods um seize a lot of issues so it is not just to look yeah cool um coming from the mental health angle i don't think it's good um i always always that is what has set me apart as a fitness coach i always focus on the health first the health statistics first make sure you're not a statistic that's the focus before you talk about aesthetics but i have um, um more of clients coming to me for body modification than for health reasons so i have this um period when i have to talk to them and uh, manage their expectations because some of them when they come to me what they really want is is a plastic surgeon by then they tell me all they need to do what they really need is a plastic surgeon i have to explain to them what can naturally be done and so forth so it's really an issue we have instagram we have a lot of um bad men by the media telling us what is right and what is not right so i think every lady has to have her own mind and has has body to a large Mm -hmm. extent before you even attempt to change anything because if you just dive in there trying to change anything today they'll tell you big boobs are in tomorrow they'll tell you no it's big hips that are in and then you just keep going around around in circles no lady should do that at all yeah we should just learn to love ourselves the way we are i think every lady is beautiful the way they are right yeah. Okay. So, um, you mentioned going through through the knife, and so I like to get your take on that. What do you think about having to go? I know you've mentioned that we should learn to love ourselves the way yeah. we are, right? 
But then most persons could still um, want to go through the knife to enhance their body parts or could opt for using products, right? Especially now when there's a trend of organic products for enhancing mm-hmm. your hips, your boobs mm-hmm. and all of that. What's your take on there are a lot of questions in this one. In one, um, my one of my favorite TV shows on E is Bosch. Funny enough, yeah, I love Bosch. I love um, um, Doctor Nasir and the other doctor. I love what they do yeah. because they help mm-hmm. people that are already botched. They don't do they don't do mm-hmm. first time surgeries. I don't think I've ever seen first time surgeries mm-hmm. on the show. Um, they help um, cases mm. that have already been marred by other less competent doctors or um, people that have been born mad, which can uh, agree with me, there are not mm. so many people like that. So um, that's my take. I think the only people that really need plastic surgery are people that have made mistakes of going to cheap surgeons before and they get they got really bad results afterwards and they need to correct them, like what those doctors do on Bosch. Because um, that's where I think plastic surgeons come in. Or you actually have a congenital problem. You are born that way. Like what they do for babies that have cleft lip. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. So yeah. things like that. Yes, you need a plastic surgeon. But I don't really sign up for the whole idea of, oh, I need to get a bigger board and you go to... Uh, do a, a, a surgery where you take part from somewhere else in your body and add to your body. That surgery is very dangerous. I'm going to repeat That surgery is very dangerous. People don't tell you, but it's, 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 true, it's the truth. Part could get into a major blood vessel in your butt and once it gets to your heart, it's going to, it's going to cause what they call a fat embolism. Fat is going to block a major blood vessel. And then you could have stroke or symptoms oh that uh, uh, depends on where has been blocked. So that surgery is actually very dangerous. And Bosch, the Bosch doctors will tell you plainly, they don't do that surgery for anybody. People come to meet them for that. So um, the thing is that they won't tell you because they need to take your money. And the recovery period is longer. To recover from a major surgery is something else. The nutrition, the lying down, because you've been on your butt for a long time. If it's a butt surgery, you did. So it's not worth it. It's not worth that. It's not worth effects. it. Yeah, Do a surgery if you have to. Don't recover from something that you inflicted on yourself just because you, you don't like your body. If you have a serious malformation from birth, that's different. And uh, there are not plenty of people that have that. But if it's just simple body mm-hmm. modifications, I would say going under the knife, going under a total anesthesia, putting your life totally in the hands of a doctor, I, I don't think it's right. Um, everybody has heard yeah. about the story that happened recently of a of a billionaire that went for a liposuction and didn't make it out. It's it's very it's yeah. such a respectable person having to go that way just because maybe he couldn't wait for the whole pandemic period to end before he would go abroad for to, to find a reputable doctor. I was concerned when they said he did the surgery here in Nigeria. So um, it's not worth it at the end of the day. I don't think it's worth it at all. And then using um, creams and um, those kind of products, usually um, what is in those creams are um, uh, synthetic substances that behave like estrogen. So going to affect your hormonal balance, actually, take um, rubbing those things. So you're absorbing those um, chemicals in your body and they go into your body and act like estrogen. 
so it's going to give you hormonal balance problems that is one end yes hmm. so uh, apart from other they, they're usually not organic they say they're organic but they're usually not organic so um that is a known thing too oh. yeah that's wow Oh my God, ladies, I hope we heard this. They're not organic. You know, gosh, I I just feel chills all over me right now. You know, it's really not worth it. Number one, you could, you could, you could risk losing your life, you know? And secondly, what if, what if I've I've seen pictures where people come out looking worse than they went in. So, Oh, it's really not worth it. I think we should learn to practice self-love. Everyone is as beautiful just the way they are, okay? I think we should learn to love ourselves. All right. Thank you, Sandra, for that one. I so, I so I'm trying to recover from that because I, I feel so scared now for a lot There's of marketing I tell you. People listen right. to marketing a lot more, but there's time. Yeah. yeah yeah thank you so much for that one all right so um i know that um there's supposed to be a particular weight for um, a particular age is that uh, correct no, no no there's actually supposed to be a particular weight for a particular height it's weight and height that um go together okay not yeah. weight so and generally age. speaking the taller you are, the more you can actually weigh and still be in the healthy range. So, for example, a five foot okay. one um, lady weighing, um, let's say, 70 mm-hmm. kg is definitely overweight. But a six feet one lady weighing 70 kg is in a healthy weight range. It's understandable. More height, wow, more okay. weight. So, it's expected. The, the extra bone structure would give more weight. So, and the taller you are, the more you can have allowance when it comes to your weight. I have a client that she's six feet three, and and I told her just get to eighty kg mm-hmm. and you're fine. She was one o five, and I said just get to eighty kg and you're fine. But a very short lady at eighty kg, I'll be telling her to drop down to sixty, please drop down to sixty. So it's height and um, weight that correlates, and that's how you have your BMI, BMI calculation. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. So, um, this is actually a funny question, but I really want to know because I see a lot of, I've noticed that a lot of fat people, a lot of big people have some, (laughs) have such beautiful voices, you know? And so (laughs) I, I, I begin to ask myself, is this, is this, relation between being fat and having a beautiful voice or oh, it's just okay, what, what, myself what that think? question severally because it always seems that way but <laughs> I'm, i've not been able to see a connection they just have such awesome control of their voices so i've wondered but i've not oh seen a connection really i've not seen but especially so many of them have such beautiful soprano voices <laughs> oh my god and I begin to feel like, okay, maybe I need to get fat to get. Not really, not really, <laughs> not really. What a coincidence. Oh. oh, okay. All right. So, um, the next question is actually about okay. mindset, right? So, what role does our mindset have to play with achieving our body goals? Hmm. A lot. A lot. Um, actually, my my fitness program is the only program I know right now 
in Nigeria that incorporates mm-hmm. this part into um, um, trying to get your goals. Everybody focuses on diet, exercise, which is awesome. They, they contribute a lot to the process. But then they miss out this part mm-hmm. because a human being is a three-in-one. It's not just a body. It's a soul. It's a spirit. So you have to incorporate all this mm-hmm. into the um, mm-hmm. The way you see yourself is um, a lot more important than even anything else you're going to start doing in your program. I see a lot of body shaming yeah. themselves and still trying to um, attain certain body goals. And I try to explain to them, especially when they come as clients, that it's you're shooting yourself in the foot in a way. Because um, how you see yourself and what you continually say to yourself, you're hearing yourself and you're forming a mindset about Mm -hmm. yourself. And that mindset is actually Mm -hmm. replicating itself in your body, like literally. So um, words are powerful. That person that said talk is cheap, I'm still looking for the person to be the person. <laughs> talk is not yeah. so not true. <laughs> talk is expensive. Talk is how you chat your whole life. Uh, talk is how you arrange things in mm. your life. Talk is how people get married. This mouth is mm. talk. That that's how people get married. There, there's nothing else that happens. It's not the rice yeah. that day. It's not the flowers. It's the thing the person said. So talk is not cheap. Yeah. So when you look at yourself in the mirror and you mm. keep maybe body shaving yourself and all that you're hearing yourself and it keeps taking you farther and farther away from your goals you keep and um, it keeps looking more and more impossible with time so my incorporate mm. affirmations so not just training you on what to eat and exercise i also train you how to talk about yourself to yourself so yeah, i tell you okay say yeah. this several times every morning say this every morning because it's mm. important in the process so that you change your mindset even saying accept your body mindset. love your body yeah. these are vague terms you actually practically mm. love your body by talking good about your body you can't your body and body shame your yeah. body at the same time it's what you say about your body that's the practical expression of loving your body so um um that whole body shaming of um see the way this body part is or see the way the other body part is has to end so with time, you have a better perception of your body and then you can accept responsibility for the change that you have to do. So mindset is very important, definitely mm. very important. Very, very important. I love the fact that your program incorporates affirmations, yeah. right? Because a lot of persons feel like it's just about losing the weight, but then the process is more important than exactly. the result. So... I, I really love the way your program runs. Listen up, ladies. You all should just get a Sandy in your life. <laughs> I, think, I think you're really, really, really going to tell us in details how we can connect with you after this. I think every woman out there Definitely. needs you in your life. <laughs> Okay, Sandra, so um, can you share with us tips on how um, healthy ways to lose body fat, especially if you can do it without exercising, right? <laughs> that, that's not possible. Exercise must be in the mix. Movement must be in the mix uh, because it, it's the, your body needs movement. Your body is designed to move. 
So mm -hmm. there's no way of removing exercise from the equation. It has to be there. Um, there's a concept of movement nutrition, movement nutrition. Um, mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of research proving that your body needs movement just the same way it needs nutrition from your food. So um, always sitting down, always lying down is going to give you health problems in the long run. This is different from, you, you, you cannot counteract it by exercising some other time in the day and then lying down throughout the rest of the day. No, your, act, your body needs that minute by minute movement, at least for a good chunk of the day. Um, the analogy I would like to use is a car. If you keep a car parked for months, for years, and you, you don't use the car, you definitely will need to service the car and do some repairs before you can get the car out of where you parked the car. Yeah. With your body, the way nature is, your body needs to move. It's not... Um, um, try to dissociate exercise from um, torment and agony. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Phenomenal, yeah. that. So um, you need to move okay. within your day. You, you have to find a way to incorporate movements. Usually, I pace when I'm answering a call. I pace. I just walk. Or yeah. Pace from one end to my room or my room to the other. So there are different ways you can do that. If I go to a building where there's an elevator, I take the stairs. If that's there's an option like that, I take the stairs. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just little ways like that. Yes, you stop before your destination if you're in public transportation. You stop before your destination and walk a bit of a distance to where you're going to. Just wow. little ways, little hacks to just increase movement to make sure that you're not always sitting or always lying down. So that is different from a classic exercise session where you say, okay, this is my time to exercise. This is my 30 minutes. This is my one hour or so to exercise. So now that I have that down, um, um, talking about movement nutrition, now for your conventional workouts, um, I don't really subscribe to really long workouts okay. because the idea is this thing is about consistently doing something over time. It's not about one or two sessions. It's not about one or two exercise sessions. So you see, most of the times people come to the gym, I'm like, they're like, I have this and this goal. I need to lose 10 kg and all that. Fine. And then the first day, they really, really, really use up all their energy. Their workouts are like two hours long. And I try to talk them out of it because you cannot strain your body that much. Your body is not used to it. If you are if you have not been exercising and then you're just starting up, you have to take it slow. You have yeah. to start and build up. You don't have to fag yourself out that first time. No, because the recovery process will be harder for you. The recovery process is very important to the exercise. And that is when your your muscles get stronger. Your muscles have encountered something that is more strenuous than usual. So they have to get stronger to be able to cope with it next time. So the recovery process is very important. But then it's very, very painful and uncomfortable for a lot of people. So you have them recovering from one exercise session for three or four or five days. And then they're like, man, I can't do this again. Continue. So yeah. that huge um, time in between would not let this be a habit for you. If you always have to recover from an exercise session for three or four days of lying down, you understand? So yeah. you, you be smart about it. If you have not been exercising before and you're going in, start with 15 minutes, start with 20 minutes and build up. But I would say not more than an hour per session because not, uh, not just an exercise session. The point is movement throughout your day. 
the habit of being active throughout your day it's not just that exercise session so um 15 minutes then you build up to 30 minutes and then an hour max and then at a point when you start enjoying it you see that um one hour step you you have to make yourself stop one hour yeah yeah you would actually get to that point when you love the exercise you love the high that it gives you there's a there's a particular exercise high yeah yeah, so, yeah. exactly so when you get used to it one hour becomes a breeze but until then you have to build up to it so yeah. um for weight loss like you have you've been saying um is a combination really of your diet dietary approach and your workouts okay um something i always say you cannot out train a bad diet you cannot use exercise to cover up for a bad diet Hmm, true Mm -hmm. because um exercise is actually a form of good stress good stress in a sense that you're giving your body this stress to make it respond in a certain way and that response is that it's going to get stronger because mm-hmm. it's encountering a, a stress that you're trying to make it get stronger from so that's the whole idea of exercise so you're you're giving your heart stress your heart gets stronger and gets more efficient with pumping blood because of that stress you're giving it because it needs to pump more blood during the exercise session so but you need nutrients for that if you're already severely malnourished your diet has been bad for a long time really really bad you, I would not recommend you going head on into an exercise session. You really break down because there are no nutrient stores and then you're not adding the stress on top. So usually for people like that, that their diet has really been bad for a while. I usually tell them, start with fixing up your diet first, at least for a month or two. Get that diet part down. Feed your body nutrients. Get good, supp- good supplements, good quality supplements. And when you already feel better from diet alone and finding um, uh, new ways and tactics to improve movement in your day, then you can launch into the conventional exercise session in the gym. Okay. So this is the way I always advise them to launch because the idea is the health part. The idea is not just aesthetics. Yes, you have to understand how the body works and flow with it. You you can't force anything on the body. You have to understand the body systems and flow with it. So diet first work on your diet get the nutrients in so that you would recover better from the exercise sessions when you start them and then when you start them start small and build up and build so up. if you're already you already um have been working out you're not new to working out but you want a more efficient way to lose weight there's a combination that i found that really works okay and one is intermittent fasting a combination of intermittent fasting and high intensity interval training the short form is HIIT high intensity interval training combining that with intermittent fasting is awesome it's a massive fat burner and I will explain both of them right now the 12 hour fast is the easy way to start out with intermittent fasting if you have mm-hmm. not been um, fasting before now, so that it's, it's not so hard on your body. And then you mm-hmm. can build up there. So there's the 12 hour fast and there's the um, 14 hour and 16 hour fast. And then it gets more and more for the very, very crazy ones that want to go more. But the basic, the basis is the 12 hour fast because um, your body depletes all the blood sugar um, between eight and 12 hours, depending on your activity levels. 
And what makes it easier is that most of the fasting period you're sleeping. It's it's at yeah, night. Right, yeah, right. Exactly. So yes. It makes it it's easier. easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the idea is deplete all your um, blood glucose stores so that you can start burning fat at least for a while. And then if you increase it to 14 hours, then it's awesome. After the 12 hour mark, anything after that, you're burning fat. So if you're doing 14 hour fast, maybe from 7 p.m. in the night till 9 a.m. the next morning, that's 14 hours. Between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m., you're burning fat. You understand? So yeah. if you now increase it to 16 hours, that means um, till 11 a.m. the next day. So you have a very late breakfast. You can now eat something from 11 a.m. That's a 16-hour fast. So you are burning fat for four hours. People lose weight just by doing this without even exercise. They lose weight already. Wow. And there are a lot of benefits to fasting apart from weight loss. Um, it oh. makes your body... Um, really, really repair itself. Okay. Your body is focusing on time to repair other stuff. So it it has its good repair function, and there are studies that even show that life because fast. Yes, so your body can repair. It has that time, that break to repair regularly. So your life gets elongated at the end of the day. It's apart from weight loss, but it's a really good mm. weight loss too. Get your body... Now, combining this with exercise, especially telling you about HIIT, is an amazing yes. combination. Now, imagine you are intermittently fasting. Let's say you're doing the 14-hour fast. You're built up to that point. So your last um, food in the day was 7 p.m. the day before. And then in the morning, you're ready for breakfast by 9 a.m. So mm-hmm. before your 9 a.m. breakfast, maybe you've decided that you will start working out in the mornings. So you're, so you're going to ramp up fat burning in the already fat burning state. I don't know if you get what I mean. So it's a double mm-hmm. heat for fat. Working out on an empty wow. in the morning is awesome. If you can manage it, it is awesome. So you're going to ramp up fat burning by combining these two things: exercising. Water. You haven't taken even water. Yeah, water is fine. Water won't break your fast. The point is not to take okay. anything that will raise your insulin levels. So some people can oh. do. Um, you can do water definitely. Some people do black coffee. If you're a black coffee coffee person, you can do black coffee in the mornings. It helps some people with wow. energy. No sweeteners, no milk, no nothing because those things will increase your insulin. So some people do yeah. black coffee and they just put butter inside. These things will not raise your insulin. Some people do green tea, plain green tea, no sweeteners, no honey, nothing. So as far as you don't raise your insulin levels, it's fine. So... Um, yeah. Once you are doing your intermittent fasting and then you add HIIT, meaning you don't just do steady state exercise. Steady state in the sense that, okay, you decided to run and then you just run for 30 minutes non-stop at the same intensity. That's what they call steady state. There is a more efficient mm-hmm. way to do this. You can actually stagger it. Stagger it in the sense that you can decide that I'm going to run at a high intensity for 30 seconds and then i'm going to slow down and reduce my pace maybe just do a fast walk for one minute 
and then I go back to 30 seconds of sprinting again and then I slow down to one minute of fast walking to you keep switching that for the whole 30 minutes of your workout yes so um, the point is it don't take anything that will raise your insulin level so that you can stay in fasting once your insulin levels go up you're no longer fasting mm. is biologically speaking so um, water is definitely, you have to stay hydrated. Actually, staying hydrated will make the fast easier for you if you're always mm. sipping water. It will make it easier on you. So definitely drink your water and then you could do, um, um, what do you call it, um, black coffee, like I said. It's not going to raise your okay. insulin levels if you're that kind of person. I can't cope with black coffee just like that. So no, yeah. no um, if you can do green tea, I can do green tea without sweeteners and all. So yes, those things would not raise your insulin levels without sweeteners and without milk. So um, oh. the point is to keep your body in that fastest state so it would keep burning um, um, fat during that period before you now get into the fed state when you're taking your breakfast. So combining this with high intensity training, maybe mm-hmm. working out in the fastest state in the morning, that's a double combo. That's a very effective wow. combo for fat burning. Yeah. So working out in the morning before mm-hmm. eating anything or some combining with intermittent fasting, you're going to burn a lot of fat. So um, wow. while exercising, instead of doing steady states, like you just, um, maybe you're running and you just run at the same intensity for like 15 to 30 minutes. Instead of doing mm-hmm. that, you can stagger it. Stagger it in the sense that you would run at a very high intensity. You would sprint for like 30 minutes, for example, 30 seconds, for example. And then you slow down to maybe a fast walk or a jog for one minute. And then go back to the sprint for 30 seconds again. So that's like a, a one is to two ratio timing. And you keep staggering it like that throughout your 30 minutes um, session, cardio session. This method burns more fat than doing it steady. It actually builds your stamina because it actually has that. When you're, I actually used to think when you're steady, you're burning more fat. No, no, no. You're burning more fat this way. You're building your stamina because it takes more energy to pick up from a slower pace. That trying to pick up, even, even with cars, it's the same thing. When you keep yeah. revving yeah. up, slowing down, revving up, you take more fuel actually than if you went the same distance but on a steady speed. It's the same thing right. you're going to. So if you stagger it this way, it's called high intensity interval training. You can go to town with it, go research on it on Google. It's a very good way to train, a very fat burning way to train. And you can incorporate it into any kind of cardio you're doing. You can incorporate it into swimming, into um, jogging, into walking. Just alternating your speeds and going all out. You can do you can do it on the treadmill. You can do it running outside. It's it's a very awesome way to train. So combining this with intermittent fasting, it's a very awesome way to lose weight. So this, wow. two, I think that's what I'll, I'll drop here. If you can do these things, you will definitely keep losing weight. Intermittent wow. fasting daily, or even if you're not perfect, maybe for social reasons, you went to visit somebody, they offered you food that is not within your eating window. Fine, for social reasons, you could eat, but try to keep it at five days out of the seven days in a week, you're intermittently fasting. Wow. You really lose weight. So 
healing. And to think of the fact that we thought that fasting was just for spiritual purposes. No, fasting has a lot of biological and benefits. So, wow, wow this eye opening. Oh my God, Sandra, I just feel like yes, he made us so he knew that it it is awesome for us, but. And maybe we have been trained religiously to see it as a, it's a religious thing, but it's not just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just feel like we shouldn't end this, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that stage right now where, you know, it's like I'm in a trance and somebody's just revealing deep <laughs> things to me. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh, my God. I so, so, so enjoyed this session, Sandra. Thank you so very much. Oh, my God. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for all the eye openings, you know, and all the amazing tips. Thank you. So can you quickly tell us how we can connect with you aside um, on this platform? Yeah, I'm definitely on social media. I'm on Facebook, yeah. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. So either of them that's fine by you, I'm, I'm on those platforms. I'm on Facebook as Sandra Aida. That's my official profile. And then saying, yeah. that, saying that is my other regular Facebook wall. But Sandra Aida, you get all my posts there. You get my posts on Sandy Says on Facebook. There are a lot of information there. Sandy Says is like, <laughs> I ran that, that page for... I think a year or two and I was doing series, health series every week. So imagine Yeah, I think I picked it up and there's just too much value out yeah, there. So I think free information there. Everybody can go mm. to that says and get all that info. Then I'm on Twitter too as Seida. S-E-N-Y-I-D-A. So I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Seida. Then Sandy says on Facebook. There's a lot of information there. You can just go pick it up. Oh my God. Thank you so much. All right, guys, I'm going to put up the handles for us to see. Thank you so very much, Sandra. It was so much fun recording with you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the fact that I could be here. I could. I love teaching. I don't know if you sensed it, but I love teaching. I love giving out. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Oh my God, I sensed it. You know, it just kept going on and on and on. <laughs> I, can, I can talk for hours on this matter. Don't worry. <laughs> I can talk for hours. I have to respect um. Um, people schedule sometimes. So yes, I, I love doing this. Gosh, thank you so very much again. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah my pleasure. All right, phenomenal women. We've gone to the end of this particular episode. See you next week. Don't forget to click on the handles to connect with Sandra outside the Phenomenal Woman podcast. There's so much value, like she said, on Facebook. You should go check it out. Check her out on Twitter. Check her out on Instagram. And don't forget to leave your comments, your questions, and your suggestions on the Phenomenal Woman podcast right on Instagram. I love you so much. Stay phenomenal and bye-bye.